Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Chirpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me, as always, is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? Still cold. Still cold. Still a beautiful day, (laughs) but cold. We're starting something a little bit new today, right? Yeah. Thanks, Christopher. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) One of Christopher's things was to suggest some episodes. Right. And so uh, today we're going to start a series of episodes on magical paths and different paths that you can take and the benefits and the detriments of each path and and uh, what you need to know before embarking upon them. And so because I haven't practiced all of these magical paths, I'm going to be uh, interviewing friends as part of this process. But today you're just going to talk to me because we're going to talk about shamanism and I feel capable and confident of being able to talk (laughs) about that. So, but uh, coming up, we'll be doing things around conjure and, Uh, Wicca and Hermeticism and I don't know, I made a whole long list. Yeah, there's a long list. Yeah. We're going to talk about a lot of different paths as we go through this. And so you're going to get to meet a lot of my friends, which is going to be fun for me. Now, and we've done an episode on sort of some of the different magical traditions. We did that a while back, but this takes us deeper into that to get into more detail about some of those traditions that you really touched on in that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, is, Almost a violation of what we're doing here, but, <laughs> but we're still going to keep it very sort of 30,000. Instead of 30,000 feet, we're going to come down to 10,000 feet. So, uh, that's still fair. Yeah. That's still yeah, fair. Still, we're still doing an overview. It's, it's, it's very much about just giving you some context to be able to make some decisions. 
we're not going to make this every episode going forward. Right. Um, we're going to, we're going to do sort of like an every other episode thing. So if you're not excited about learning about different magical paths, you don't have to unsubscribe now. Uh, <laughs> we're we're going to talk about it every other, every third episode, you know, as it comes in, however it is, it seems to fit. And, um, you know, some of that's going to be related to the questions we get from you. And some of it's going to be related to how many episodes we have in the can at any given moment. <laughs> some of it's going to be related to, you know, who I can get to, to come on the podcast and when, because it's going to be subject to their time frame as well. So I just wanted to let you know that we're, we're also going to be covering a lot of the things that we talked about in the last episode, which is, you know, spirit communication and astral projection and going to do a lot of lot of cool stuff so we got a lot of cool stuff coming up excellent so let's get into shamanism then yeah right you asked me for a definition you know what i've asked you this question before you said if you asked a hundred different shamans for the definition of shamanism you'd get a hundred different answers absolutely i'm assuming that's still true even as we come down to ten thousand feet absolutely (laughs) even more so so yeah i mean i'm going to talk to you about my form of shamanism which is very different than say a traditional native american form of shamanism or a incan peruvian form of shamanism or a tibetan version of shamanism or a russian version of shamanism which by the way russia is where the term shaman originated from oh so you know there there are many many different shamanic paths at the foundation regardless of what type you're practicing is a connection to the And that connection to the earth includes the eight directions, right? It's the north, south, east, west, and the points in between. So as we're going through the stages of the year, you also have the change of the seasons, which actually correlates around that eight directions as well. Okay. The idea that, and we talked about this a little bit in the Sympathetic Magic episode, the idea that the time of the year can help you with whatever it is that you're dealing with. So uh, it's winter right now. So as we're recording this, it is mid-January, but by the time you hear this episode, it'll be more like early February. And so February 2nd is Groundhog's Day, right? But it's also in bulk in the Wiccan calendar. We're talking about shamanism, but shamanism doesn't actually have a term for this. I'm just using this as an example. There is a time that is the midpoint between the solstice, the winter solstice, and the spring equinox. And that midpoint is that February 2nd time frame. And that is the time of taking stock. It's the time of saying, okay, winter is half over, the cold season half over, let's let's look back and see, you know, how much of our stores that we put away for winter are still available now? <laughs> how much do we have to go forward with? If we have a lot, then we can have a big old party and celebrate that we've made it through the winter and we're going to be okay. And if we don't have quite enough, then we can start to ration our stores. And really, you know, it's a, it's a time of taking stock. It's also a time of planning for your planting because many times they'll begin seeds indoors at that time of year. And you're planning to plant your seeds in the spring. And so you begin the planning for your planting of what you're going to be creating this year, planting into the ground and nurturing and bringing to fruition in the summer solstice and in the beginning of fall, in that midpoint between summer solstice and the fall equinox. So those are the two times at which you harvest. So 
this is the sort of concept of planning the the cycle of of the year. Now I'm I came out of Wicca and shamanism, so I'm probably blending them and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, in, in traditional shamanic paths, oftentimes the traditions that they come out of were hunter-gatherers. And so they would travel in, right. in various times. And so it might be, rather than the planting, it might be the time to travel from one place to the next. So okay. depending upon whether you come from an agrarian society or from a hunter-gatherer society. So it is what it is. But the idea being that, that we are intimately connected to the earth. And in shamanism, there's also uh, an animism that happens, which is believing that the trees, they are people. They literally call them the tree people. So it's the tree people and the creepy, creepy crawlies and the, and the stone people. Every type of being on the planet, including the plants and the trees and the stones and the insects, which are the creepy crawlies, and the animals and the fish and the birds and they're, they're all our relations. Mm -hmm. The idea is that we are part of a spiritual family within the context of a larger spiritual family being all of the life on the planet and the planet itself being a life force itself. Pachamama, Father Sky, yeah. Grandmother Moon. The idea being that we are an interwoven tapestry of life. And this is the underlying construct of shamanism from a physical world perspective. On a spiritual level, uh, as we talk about the evolution of self, we also have the belief structure that we are part of the interwoven fabric of the energetic world. And we are all part of a larger construct of the energy of all that is. Okay. So on an energetic level, we're dealing with the same sort of thing, which is how are we influenced and impacted by all the energies around us? How do we stay in connection with our ancestors? We call on them for help and ask them to support us because they want life to go on well for us since they've risked their lives to bring us into the world. And that's true, by the way, even if your ancestors sucked. <laughs> Just so you know, I mean, I could tell you some stories about my ancestors and there was a long time in my life where I just did not speak to my ancestors because I had some serious philosophical disconnect with my ancestors and I didn't approve of them and therefore I wasn't accepting any energy from them. And I will tell you that that did not serve me. And so, you know, whether or not you agree with them, whether or not you approve of them, they actually would really like to help you. Okay. And so it is what it is. The upshot is that we are looking at ourselves as a small portion of a larger construct, regardless of where we are within it, whether it's on the physical or on the energetic, which is, it's kind of odd because to say a small portion of a larger construct is true, but not really. It's, uh, how do I say this? Um, when you are intimately connected with everything around you. It is you and you are it. And therefore, as much as you are a small part of a larger construct, you are the larger construct. Oh. And the larger construct is you. Hmm. As within, so without. As above, so below. Going back to Christian belief structures. Right. Yep. 
and, and you know, and they do all, they all slosh. Okay. It all sloshes. Everybody's talking about the same stuff. We're all just using different language to talk about the same stuff. Exactly. But yes, you are everything and everything is you. So as you work and live within the world, the idea is to live in harmony because otherwise you're fighting yourself. Before we talk about moving into the path, I want to talk about the benefits and detriments of shamanism. Okay. I see a lot of people out there. For one, I see a lot of people who've done maybe, you know, a year's worth of training calling themselves a shaman, which is just damn funny. Yeah. Generally, shamanism is not a path you choose. It is more a reflection of who you are. Okay. And it is kind of a path that chooses you. I think we've mentioned this before. It, you know, it comes up, grabs you by the neck, throws you on the ground and says you're mine, yeah. whether you like it or not. And oftentimes it's like, I don't even know. So, you know, not to say that you can't choose it. It's just that it's a very hard path. And I often tell people, if you don't have to choose it, don't. Because it's just, it's it's real work. It's dedication. I would say that probably shamanism and hermeticism, as far as I know because I haven't talked to everybody about everything yet. <laughs> um, I'm sure my people in Santeria and maybe my conjure friend uh, may have different perspectives on this, but I think they're the hardest because hermeticism requires you to learn the details in infinitesimal detail and to practice it over and over and over again and groove the crap out of it and really know exactly how to hold your hand and twist your arm and do this and do that. And it's so detail oriented. And then shamanism, on the other hand, it demands of you that you do your work on yourself, which means you're constantly digging into the deep, dark underpinnings of your own shadow self. Uh And it does not let you not do the work. You know, once you declare the path or it's declared for you, depending upon who you are, there's no option to not do your work. It will fuck your life over to make you do the work if you refuse. Okay. So that's a good word of warning or or understanding. It's hard. Yeah. And it's really worthwhile. If you're willing to do the work, if you're willing to be that spiritual firefighter running into the fire rather than running away like most people do when they encounter their crap, if you're willing to do that, then it is an amazing path to follow because you evolve and you grow and you change and you get happier with every possible iteration. And it, and honestly, it gets easier it does. The The beginning stages of the work are really difficult. They're right. really painful. The most painful piece being owning that you're responsible for all the crap that you're dealing with. That's hard. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to. We like to blame other people. But, you know, the act of owning it gives you power over it. But the work is... As you evolve, as you get used to, we, we talked about in the How to Become a Shaman episode, we talked about the shamanic death, right. right? Dying, killing yourself and being reborn as a new person. After a while, it's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you, know, you just don't even think about it anymore. You're like, your, your sense of self is not so calcified. And so it's got much more movement to it that it doesn't require you to go, oh, crap. Although... I say that as I'm in the middle of my own oh crap moment. So <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm still doing my work. God damn it. So <laughs> you know, occasionally you get your own oh crap moment. Welcome to the super blood wolf moon in Leo. Yay. Happy joy. <laughs> so that, that would be one of the benefits then is while it's difficult, the work that you're doing is transformative, incredibly transformative along the way. Yes. 
Yes, decidedly. Very transformative and in a good way. Right. You know, the shamanic path also provides you with a really solid connection to a sense of belonging, Mm -hmm. which is, it's very funny because it, it does and it doesn't. Okay. (laughs) There's actually part of a shamanic initiation that people go through. If you're being called to shamanism, the traditional shamanic initiation as described by Lame Deer, Seeker of Visions, the traditional initiation as he describes it in the book is you actually, as an apprentice, get buried up to your neck in the center of the village and the villagers are instructed by the existing shaman without knowledge of the apprentice shaman. They don't know that this is going to happen. They're told to spit on the person and kick dirt in their face and tell them they're a horrible person and turn their backs on them and deny them and you know basically oust them from the spiritual community, a sense of connection and belonging. Wow. Yeah, it's hardcore. And it, in fact, breaks many shamanic apprentices. They have spiritual breaks where they become delusional. Wow. But it's a necessary part of the initiation because as the shaman, you are the spiritual leader of the group and you may need to tell them things that they don't want to hear. And if it is more important to you to be loved by your community than it is to be the leader that you are meant to be, then you cannot do your work. And so as much as there is a sense of connection, there's also a sense of separation. Right. Because as a leader, you cannot be part of everything. Not that a shaman is ever a ruler. It's not the same thing at all. It's more like we're the the psychic translator. Right. But you have to be prepared to stand your ground and speak what the spirits told you as truth, even if the chief and everybody else doesn't like to hear it. So there's that piece. So you have the connection to the all that is, but you also have to be able to stand completely alone within your own tribe. So you mentioned that shamanism is not necessarily a path that somebody chooses. It's a path that chooses you. But is it possible for those who are not necessarily chosen to walk that path to maybe follow some of the teachings? Are there are there ways that people can live that would be aligned with the teachings of shamanism? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to live in concert with the earth, mm-hmm. being able to be part of and in concert with the earth, then you're in alignment with shamanic tradition. Okay. There's a phrase in, in Native American culture called to walk in beauty. Yeah. And walking in beauty means to walk in such a way that you are in in connection with and harmony with the world around you, to walk in such a way that you leave no trace, to be in reverence and honoring and the idea is to be nature okay to walk in beauty is really the ultimate goal of being in concert with the earth around you and you can do that within shamanism or any other context you don't have to be a shaman to do that so if you were to sum up and sort of wrap up shamanism as a magical path how would you describe it so what i would say is that Shamanism is the act of becoming one with yourself and the world around you. Okay. I think that's simply put and lovely. Let's transition here a little bit. Uh, we got a couple more questions. We mentioned that Christopher, and you mentioned him at the beginning of the episode. He's, he's become a good friend of the show here. He really has. <laughs> so we do have a couple more questions from Christopher that we wanted to touch on before we wrap up the episode here. One of the questions, he says, is there a particular chakra 
that is more important than the others? Well, the answer to that is officially no. Okay. But- But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. It depends. (laughs) Uh, If we're talking about the evolutionary process that I've been talking about on the whole podcast, the core issues that tend to be the most significant to addressing for people to find their happiness in- Western culture tend to exist in the third and fourth chakras. Okay. If you imagine that there's like an infinity symbol that runs around the third and fourth chakras with the chakras being in the center of the two holes, that is really how the third and fourth chakras operate. It's together. I would say that if you were to focus on one over another, that it would be third and fourth chakras would be the ones that you could focus on. Now, that being said, my experience is if you don't do the work on the upper chakras, doing the work on the lower chakras becomes very difficult. Right. So they're all need to be taken care of. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Another question, and this ties back to the episode we did about psychic abilities, I mm-hmm. believe. And Christopher asks, how can someone discover what, if any, magical powers they have? Okay. So, so we talked about the different abilities, but we didn't really talk about ways to test yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and I probably should have. So great question, Christopher. <laughs> Go you on that one. So, you know, as you're going through this... Here's here's the thing. You can test your abilities. And if you go and search online, you'll find any number of ways to test your abilities for things. I remember Andrea and I, we practiced the ability of telekinesis, which is, you know, making something move because you thought you wanted it to move. We found that exercise online and we did the exercise and it was kind of cool. And it turns out she's pretty decent at it. And I don't, I, I suck at it. So some days you're good at it. And some days you're not good at it, right? So you can practice ESP with a friend. You, uh, I've done this before. You know, 20 years ago, my friend Mary and I got on the phone together and she had some cards that were pictures of animals. And she would look at the picture of the animal and I would get the answer. And I got those right about 80% of the time. <laughs> so, you know, I was really good at that. But, you know, I mean, we're good at some things and we're not so good at other things. You can have somebody hand you something of theirs that's meaningful to them. And then you can make statements about the impressions that you get from the item and see if you're right. Yep. The, The biggest challenge that we have when we're trying to determine whether or not we are magical is our disbelief and our fear of being wrong. Okay. And so I will give you the one piece of advice that was the best piece of advice I ever gave myself when doing this work, which is give yourself absolute permission to be wrong. The day I proved to myself I was psychic, that's what I did. Everybody was asking me for readings and I said, okay, I'll do it with the understanding that absolutely everything that comes out of my mouth is probably wrong. (laughs) And they went, okay. And as it turns out, most, not so much. It was right on the money, but I had to give myself permission to be wrong. And oftentimes that's actually part of the process. We've been working with a group of people that were teaching how to be ritualists for our work. And we were teaching them a magical process and they were all like freaking out, trying to remember it all. And I was like, okay, absolute permission to fuck it up and fuck it up hard. (laughs) And they were like, okay. I'm like, go fuck it up. And they're like, yeah. And most of the time they didn't. Right. The fear of getting it wrong that messes with our heads. So if you think you're psychic, open your mouth and start telling people things and see if they agree. And if they don't agree, okay. The practice itself is very much a process of 
learning to recognize what is your head running around trying to figure something out and give you an answer and what is information that's actually coming in from spirit. Right. And so you don't know which is which until you open your mouth and start talking to somebody. And start being able to tell the difference. Exactly. Yep. Give yourself permission to be wrong and just go try it. Awesome. This is one of those few cases where I'm not going to say, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> go out and do it. Unless it's astral projection, in which case, don't do it. We'll get to that. We'll get, we'll to, get that. to that. <laughs> All right, Christopher, thank you so much again for your questions. Uh, I know there will be more, and we will talk about them on future episodes. And everybody, if you have questions, make sure you send them in to Kelly. That's K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. Kelly at KellySparta.com. And Kelly will take a look at them, and we'll get them into a future episode. In talking about future episodes, again, want to remind you all, subscribe leave a review let kelly know how how you like the show what you think of it and what you would like to see and hear and definitely interested in getting that feedback yeah. all right that's all that i have anything else from you i love you <laughs> all right folks that's all we have for this week uh be sure to join us next time as kelly adds another chapter into your beginner's guide to energy magic and the spirit world i'm joey c here with kelly sparta and you have been listening to Spirit Trevor. So long, everyone. Bye. Each mile I travel over 13,000 now. So I leave behind a little fear. Spirit Trevor is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY NC ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to KELLE at KELLESPARTA.com. That's Kelly at Kelly. KellySparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to KellySparta.com. This episode of Spirit Trippa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since... You seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half, guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.